Welcome back to a brand new season of the Hutchinson Underground Radio. My name is Colin Shields. I'm co-hosted by Jay Jones. What's good? And this is episode one. We're fresh off of Christmas break. We've got a new energy, a new hype song to start us off, and we are ready to get going. There's a whole lot to talk about from possibly the best weekend the NFL has ever had. There were only four games, but each of the four games was decided on the last play. Holy cow, man. Joe Shiesty. Joe Burr. Joe Burr. Joey Franchise. Sheesh. The Cincinnati Bengals are back, baby. They got one. They just beat the number one seed with Derrick Henry. Oh, man. It's getting real for him. Tannehill is overrated. Aaron Rodgers might have just played his last game in Lambeau. And as a Bears fan, I know you're happy about that one. Who owns who now, man? That's all I got to say. Robbie Gold is a legend. With everyone retiring... Is this the last time we see Tom Brady as well? There's been rumors. Very well. Could be. And quite possibly the game of the year. I had no idea which way this one was going to go. The Chiefs and the Bills. Oh my goodness, what an ending. And what a performance. Of course, we have obligatory Cowboys talk. I know y'all love to hear that one. We have our player of the week. And our picks for the conference champions. That all starts now. All right, Jay, I'll go ahead and let you get started. Um, I just think we should dive in with, you know, the fresh kid off the block, Joe Burrow, in his second year taking a team that was the number had the number five pick in the NFL draft. He's taken them to the conference championship game. Who does what what is it with the Bengals right now? What how are they playing so well? Man, I think we saw a lot of you saw glimpses of it this year, like when they played Kansas City in the two games that they played Baltimore in. Whenever this offense is on, they are pretty damn near unbeatable. They, You can't compete. Jamar Chase, how, I don't know how, but as a rookie, has already proven to be a true number one wide receiver for Joe Burrow for years to come. Already possibly a top 15 receiver in the league, if you really want to get into those logistics and arguments. Joe Mixon, makes that's the heart and soul of that offense right there. When Joe Mixon is running the ball good, it opens everything else up for all three of those bad boys that got out wide. And C.J. Azuma, is that his name right, the tight end? He, yep. Yeah, he, he's got a very good red zone threat. Joe Burrow likes to throw to him in the red zone. But who would have thought as, like, let's see, what were they last year? Joe Burrow got hurt. I think they, they had three wins. Something like three that. Three and 13, I think. Right. But it was, it was really brutal football. A, right. A couple signings and a couple draft picks. And over overnight, you get a conference championship appearance. And it's really spectacular when it's the first pl- two playoff games that they have won. In 30 years. That's – Joe Burrow's doing right now more – dare I say it. He's, do, he's doing more right now than Carson Palmer ever did in Cincinnati. And yes. that's tough Andy to say. Andy Dalton as well. Andy, yes, Andy Dalton as well. What a fraud. But, no, it's, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, Joe Burrow's having a year that reminds me of Patrick Mahomes' first year actually starting. Mm. Except for he's doing it with a team – that was way worse the year before. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, just, I looked at the surrounding cast he had, and the Bengals receivers, they're a great trio. But Tyree Kill was already an established superstar. Travis Kelsey was an established superstar. They had Kareem Hunt, too. They did, but he was gone about halfway through the yeah, year, so I don't really sense. count that. And then, you know, their defense had some players, didn't have all the players they wanted, and, you know, D4 lined up offsides. And ultimately, that is the reason why Patrick Mahomes didn't win that game and take down Tom Brady. So I'm very hesitant to say that what Joe Burrow is doing, what he's doing now is better than what Mahomes did three years ago. Mm. 
but I mean, he's certainly putting up a heck of an argument right now. Yeah, he's writing his own story for sure. That's and he then just doesn't have the accolades to back it up. Right, and it's I think the only thing right now that they could really use are DBs. The Bengals they could only use really DBs and interior line. They're I thought they should have gone with Panay Sewell. I'm glad I was wrong. Jamar <laughs> Chase just changes the game in a way I never thought I'd see him. One of the most exciting players to watch. Exactly. And anytime he gets the balls, prone to go 60 yards. Right. And I, I threw a screen pass to him against the Titans, and mm-hmm. he just took off. He was, six, was like, 60 yards down the field. That was like one of the first few plays of the game, too. That's, right. And it was when they were struggling to move the ball, too. You know, both teams the offensively started very poorly. Ryan Tannehill threw a, a pitch on the first play of the game. Then he threw a pick on the first play of the second half, and then he threw a pick on the last play that they had the ball. So Ryan Tannehill's days in in Tennessee are very, very limited. I'd almost love to see him bring back Mariota and maybe push him <laughs> just because why not? It's the NFL. Anything can happen. Hey, if Cam Newton can come back to Carolina, man, I, I don't see why Mariota shouldn't be able to at least be a backup. Absolutely. And when I was watching the game, I wasn't as focused on Tannehill as I should have been. I was more focused on Derrick Henry. Holy cow. He's been out since week eight. He's going to be so fresh. And then he it was revealed he had screws and a metal plate in his foot, and it looked like he was playing like that. Yeah. It didn't look like he was 100% healthy. So that definitely didn't help them at all. He got stuffed on the one-yard liner when they needed one yard multiple times. It was three times, I think. And it was just – it would it just – it didn't look like the team Henry were used to. But I think with a full off season, they'll be able to get him back. But it just you you see it and you're like, wow, AJ Brown just had a great year. They wasted that in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Tannehill was able to keep him as the number one seed. They got the number one seed, and they just wasted that. Wasted another year of Julio Jones. Exactly. Who knows? He was able to somehow stay healthy and make it into the playoffs. He was out for a few weeks, but for the most part, he stayed in the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, in the lineup to help them make the playoffs. And I'm just, I'm very concerned about their window already being closed. It just, it's not looking too, too pretty for them right now. They're, if it's not this year, it's next year that it closes, in my opinion. That could be the case. It depends on how long Derrick Henry decides to keep trucking, probably, and what they decide to do with Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. And just moving back over to the Bengals for our final thoughts about this game. Their confidence right now is on a whole nother level. Joe Burrow's playing like he doesn't care what happens to him. Their receivers are catching everything. Joe Mixon is running people over. Their defense is playing well. Oh, yeah. Which is what we're used to seeing from good Cincinnati teams. Two or three great plays towards the end of the game. Yeah, and he's a guy that normally you expect to be torched, so Mm -hmm. he stepped up in a big way for the Cincinnati Bengals. bust. (laughs) And their rookie kicker. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're going to the AFC Championship, man. If I hear a guy say that before he goes out to make a kick, I'm not even watching it. I know it's going in. Money. That that amount of confidence in a kicker and a quarterback and a wide receiver and a defense and a team, that's dangerous. Because oh, yeah. once you believe, it's just like the Chiefs two years ago. When they were down by multiple scores and multiple games and came back in each and every one of them on their three wins into their eventual into their Super Bowl. They did in the Super Bowl too. And yeah, exactly. Into their Super Bowl champions. 
they were unbeatable simply because they believed each and every time, and they were unbeatable on Saturday or Sunday night because they believed with 13 yeah. seconds left. Have you seen the video of Travis Kelsey? What now? Which one? So they have 13 seconds left, and he's game-planning with Tyreek and Mahomes on what they're going to do. Oh, man. That amount of leadership, they were cool. There's a, I guess Patrick Mahomes had a heart monitor on him just to track his heart rate. When he was in the huddle, his heart rate was the lowest it was in the whole game. Like, his, the highest it was was when the Bills scored. Right. And understandably so. The lowest, though, when you're in the huddle, you can't phase that. I mean, he's, that's the, when you're in that huddle and you're mentally thinking about, all right, this is what, this is who is, going to be running this route. This is who's guarding it. If they're in this coverage, I go here with it. When that's what you're thinking about and you're and you're as calm as you're in the whole game, that is that's truly like a veteran quality right there that not very many people can have. Exactly. That's man. And that that game was quite honestly the game of the year. Buffalo just oh man it I, it hurts for them you know they they beat they built their team just to specifically beat the Chiefs not to win the Super Bowl because they know if they beat the Chiefs they won the Super Bowl oh yeah just the way that happened mm. their receiver Stephon Diggs three catches for seven yards do you know the other receiver Gabriel Davis Gabriel Davis had a game and he will never be remembered for that. That's because they lost, and that is truly tragic for right. him. But when that contract comes around, I know that's the film he'll be pulling up. He had an absolutely insane game. All four touchdowns that Josh Allen threw were to him. He had over 200 yards, and he made a defender fall to catch the what should have been game-winning touchdown. That was That route was very impressive. But in Josh Allen himself, 27 for 37. 329 yards, four touchdowns. Only thing he could have done better was called heads, man. Yeah. Because he was 0 for 2 on the coin toss that game. He was 9 and 0 leading up to it that year. Man, I don't blame him though. Tails never fails. Uh, yeah, that's. Says. But it's man. it's an unfortunate You're it's right. unfortunate for him because it's like he literally did everything he could have, and they still came up short. So I think I think they just you know need a reinforce the run game a little bit. They were having Josh Allen run the ball more than their running backs just because he he's their best run threat. Really so I think is. they'll invest in their interior O-line a little bit more so they can get that inside run game going with their running backs. So that way when they're in the regular season, they don't need Allen to throw the ball 50 times a game. Right. And then, holy cow, Patrick Mahomes is a real special talent. We've said it multiple times, you know, start of the year, oh my goodness, he, they figured him out. The Chiefs are no more. Their two-year dynasty's over. Their three-year dynasty's over, whatever. He's ba- He's never going to be as good as Brady. Yeah, I think he heard you guys because he's done the exact opposite of what you've said since then. He was 33 of 44. That's 75%. He had 378 yards. 170-plus of them came after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. He had three touchdowns. No picks. Allen had no picks as well. These are one of the games where you go and look at it and you think to yourself, could that be the Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning rivalry that we used to have? Oh, yeah, definitely. What that game really reminded me of, I don't know if a lot of our listeners would know, but the the drive with John Elway against the Browns, against Bernie Kosar, and they had that shootout. Absolutely. So, man, that was the modern day. That was the shootout that we are probably going to see, at least in the AFC, for 
the future, and they have so much talent, the young quarterbacks in the AFC. It's not just going to be Mahomes and Allen, you know. You got Burrow, you got Herbert, Lamar Jackson. But right now, honestly, yeah, I, Josh Allen should have won. I thought they had it. I don't know what Leslie Frazier, the Bills' D.C., was doing when he decided to have them play 40 yards off the ball so they can let Tyreek Hill catch an under route and take it 20 yards, and then you get – a couple more pass plays from Mahomes in there in field goal range, and all of a sudden, oh, wow. Look at yeah, this. are back in the conference championship. Exactly. And it's one of those where you look at it and you're – I understand you want to protect the deep ball, but they've been throwing – they in their last – like Tyreek Hill had a 70-yard touchdown or mm-hmm. something like that where he just caught a little slant and just ran into the end zone. Killing like, him with the his, his speed just – they've been taking the top off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills defense had been taking the top away from the Chiefs. So they're just like, okay, we'll go underneath. That's what teams have been doing all year, and it's been working for. At early in the year, it was working for the defenses. Now the Chiefs have figured it out, and, you know, that's probably a little bit on Mahomes even maturing a little bit and saying, okay, you know, I can throw it slant, and all of a sudden they'll take it another 30 yards down the field, and all of a sudden, wow, you know, 35-yard 35 35 yard play. But I just, I don't know. I don't, like, honestly, I'm not – Smart enough on the defensive side to say, okay, they should have done this instead of this. But those two play calls were no, brutal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. I I don't propose to be a defensive expert at all. I'm not uh I'm not Bill Belichick or Dan Quinn or Brian Flores or any of these defensive coaches that are so good in the NFL. I'm I'm just a fan, but I do know that you got you got to at least protect the middle. Like you got two for one, especially when you're trying to guard Travis Kelsey. That's where he lives. He loves over the middle. So automatically, right off of that, you got to take that away. And then Tyree Kill should not be allowed. I I know one one on one coverage against a guy that fast, especially on an over the middle route or a slant or something, is very difficult to go against. But you got as a defense, you got to be more aware of who's on the field. That's just ridiculous and somebody's got to make the tackle that's 70 yards right it's just it's just he just gets lost he beats one guy and all of a sudden he's gone it's ridiculous and then i think the big thing that everyone's been talking about the overtime rules yeah the overtime rules suck but you've had 60 minutes to beat a team win the dang game i mean you had 13 seconds left you're up by three protecting us a field goal if they take you, if they, you know, if they beat you deep, then they beat you deep. That's just how it works. I mean, you just, you can't assume that they're going to go, you know, and not get an under route or anything right. like that. But it's just, I think the Bills will learn from it. Oh, um, yeah. I think their big thing this offseason is going to be how do we get home field advantage in the playoffs? That's the one thing, you know, they can't get past Arrowhead. They did in the regular season, but regular season early, the Chiefs were struggling. After that, they were lights out. So I think the biggest thing, the only thing that the Bills can really do is get a home field game because Arrowhead is way too loud for any team to have oh, to go yeah. in there and expect to reasonably get a win. That's that's true. They also got to worry about their coordinators possibly getting head coaching jobs. Exactly. Somewhere. Brian Dable is, I'm pretty sure he's going to the Giants since they hired Joe Shane, the assistant GM of the Bills. I don't know where Leslie Frazier is going to go, especially after that game against the Chiefs. He might not get a job at all. I mean. Right. It's just their defense <laughs> completely collapsed in that game. And it was like the number one defense. That's what's so crazy about it. Yep. And then moving on to two more QBs who have potentially played their last game on their team or maybe even in the NFL. That remains to be seen. 
We'll start off with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen this story before, guys. Green Bay Packers, 13-win season. Green Bay Packers, Mm -hmm. number one seed in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers failed to reach the conference playoffs, excuse me, the conference championship, or the Super Bowl. Mm. Man, you'd have thought after winning the Super Bowl as the sixth seed that Aaron had so much potential to win. Then they tore down that defense. Then they finally kind of got it back. And then their special teams falls apart. The 32nd ranked group in the NFL. Remember, there's 32 teams. They're dead last. Gave up and was responsible for a blocked field goal, a blocked punt that resulted in a touchdown. And on the last play of the game, where you're playing for your season, they had 10 men on field goal block. Are you kidding me? Hey. You got to let me relish in the moment a little bit. This is like Christmas for Bears fans. This is what we live for. We know we're not making the playoffs, but we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to choke at some point. Oh, no. Who owns who now? Man, Robbie Gold, he, need to have his, he needs to have his retire, jersey retired in the Bears after that. that was He just ended the Rodgers era. Now if the Bears can go on and dominate in the NFC North, they should somehow pay him like $20 million just because they ended the Rodgers era. It is over, hopefully. Hopefully. I just want you to remember the NFC North has the four worst starting quarterbacks in the league right now at the moment. Hey, hey, hey. One of them is very young. Yeah, so is Jordan Love. Doesn't mean they're going to be good. Man, I don't don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Let's not right. sleep on Jared Goff either. Low key. Exactly. No, Jared Goff played very well in the last few weeks. He did. And then I've, there's just this rumor about West Coast teams not being able to play in the cold because, you know, it's all oh, it's warm, and it's not warm there. Well, they keep beating the Packers in Lambeau. Mm. Like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are – they're an East Coast team, but they're in Florida. Yeah. It's usually pretty warm there. It was pretty freaking cold when they beat them last year. It was snowing in the San Francisco 49ers, a team in California where it is very warm in the summer. And even, you know, it's never freezing there in the winter. They go in there. They beat the Packers. They've done it before three other times. And I just wonder, is it even an advantage to have that cold or is it, you know, a disadvantage? Because when it comes down to it, the home team still wins a majority of the time, but it's not as big as a majority as people would like to expect it or see it be. I don't have the exact number on me, so I'm not going to make up anything about it, but I just know it is not as much as I thought it was. Oh, yeah, definitely. home. You would think, especially, I, I joke and I kid, but I, I do give props where props is due. Aaron Rodgers is definitely a top 10, possibly even a top 5 quarterback of all time. So you would think home field advantage. I got... Even though he's ancient and 40 years old still, possibly in the NFC, the best quarterback in the NFC, this should be a layup almost. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are a good team. This is why I look. He thought, I thought they were going to beat the Packers, not just because I was rooting against them. I just figured I was like, well, what you had said earlier, the Niners keep finding a way to beat Green Bay in the playoffs. And I just, you can't beat statistics in history. It's, it's going to repeat itself, in my opinion. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it came in a game where I'm not sure if the both the defenses played well or if both the quarterbacks just didn't play very well at all. Because, mm. you know, Aaron Rodgers had, you know, 250 yards, but how many of those yards came to Aaron Jones on that one play of busted coverage where they didn't even score because the field goal got blocked? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, outside of the 18 times he seemed to throw to Devontae Adams, the two other times he threw to wide receivers were incompletions, and he only threw to the tight ends four times. So in total, only six of his passes went to guys not named Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. Mm. It's just, I know you have to throw the ball to your best receiver and get the ball in your best player's hands, but Alan Lazard had been making plays for what seemed like a majority of the time they needed him to make plays. And for them to just only throw to him one time and to only throw to Randall Cobb one time, who he asked for, it's just, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's not as clutch as people would like to think he is. Oh, say it for maybe, the people in the back, Colin. Maybe he's just efficient. And, you know, efficiency is good, but you also have to have that it factor that mm. – Sometimes you have to look at it and wonder, is he as clutch as people think he is? I don't want to go into that. Still a huge Rodgers fan. Love what he does on the field, off the field. And, you know, it's a little confusing right now. But, hey, you know, it's your own personal decision. You know, do what you got to do. But it's just, I don't know. Packers are going for a long, long day if they don't. They have to find a way to keep Devontae Adams. Robert Tanyan's free agent. You know, they're over the cap. Already, they how stuffed. long do they have Aaron Jones for? Uh, I think they just re-signed him. You think? Because mm-hmm. I remember, like at one point recently, it was like a weird thing that he. Three I think years, it's three, three years. years. Yeah, because okay. they just re-signed him to a four-year contract. Okay. Yeah, because I was say I remember it was either this year or last year they were saying like, oh, Aaron Jones might be something about contract issues yep. or something. So yeah, they ended up letting their backup running back leave, and then they uh, AJ took AJ Dillon. Dillon. Mm-hmm. So it worked out in the long run. Exactly. <laughs> And then, father time himself finally couldn't bring it back. The Rams survive a late meltdown where they had four fumbles. Man. And three of them being in the fourth quarter, I think, I believe. I mean, a snap over Stafford's head. How often does that happen? A fumble by Cooper Cup. Two fumbles by Cam Akers. Oh, man. It was... I left to go help Shad for one of our kickers, you know, just get a little arm strength going in there, too. I looked back on my phone. It was... It was um what was it? It was twenty seven to six or three when I left. Twenty seven to three when I left. I was like, okay, this game's over. I get back to my phone, Leonard Fournette's running in the ball from the nine yard line on fourth and one. I'm like, oh shoot. They just tied it. And then Stafford finally gets his chance to prove how just slept on he's been. He's been in Detroit his whole career. Stat Padford. When he gets out of Detroit, he le- he leads a game-winning drive in 40 seconds, throwing to Cooper Cup twice for 64 yards to set the game-winning field goal. He was two for three, only in completion, was on a spike. So, you know, two for two when you really look at it like that. He almost fumbled the ball, though. I thought it was about to be one of those. Mm-hmm. But he held on to it. They got up two straight completions, a 20-yarder and a 44-yarder. All of a sudden, they're beating Brady. Before the game, there had been news about Brady possibly retiring. He said in a recent interview, he wants to spend the time with his kids and his wife that they deserve. Mm. 
He also said he wants to be able to give the team 100% of what he has if he plays. So you know who said that exact same thing, basically, right before they retired? Go ahead. Peyton Manning. You, do you remember when they said, uh, so what are your like future plans, Peyton? And he's like, well, first he said, he's like, well, all I know is right now I got a case of Budweiser in the fridge. Oh, yeah. But then it later came out, like, I want to, you know, spend some time with my family first, mm-hmm. rethink things, and then, you know, bada bing, bada boom, a few weeks later, hey, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to call it quits. Brady. I'm not going to lie. You probably could play two more years tops, I think, behind a good old line. Two like, or three in an elite level, I would right, say. Right, with a team that's, like, stacked like this mm-hmm. with the weapons in the line in front of him. He unfortunately had two of his top receivers go down, one to injury, one to CTE. <laughs> right. Really, yeah. Just Man, supposedly the Bucks had offered him, like, some money to go to, like, counseling or something i think yeah. i saw that on an instagram post but yeah I, yeah it's concerning yeah but, but matt stafford though yeah i used to call him stat padford back in the day because i was like man the lions <laughs> suck but matt stafford somehow have almost had five thousand yards this year what the heck is going on and, but hey give him cooper cup and a good old line and oh, sean McVay. yeah it's wonders what you know you can do with a with a quarterback that has a big arm and is smart and has been a pretty good veteran around the league, and then you give him a good receiver. It's almost like the Lions had that with Calvin Johnson. Then he retired because he hated the ownership. But we're not going to talk about that because right, we are not a Lions hate page. But, yes, you nailed it exactly. I mean, Cooper Cup was outstanding. He had 180-something yards. Um, he had the fumble, but, you know, whatever. He, he made up for it. Like, you know, fumbles right. happen. I thought for sure Brady was going to come back again. I'm so glad he Man. didn't. I was. There's no was, one else that gets that I stuff like to he God, does. I was halfway tempted to say the NFL was scripted. And I was like, of course. Yes. Of course. They started because at the halftime, they started talking about the Super Bowl that mm-hmm. he came back. And I was like, dude, oh, my God, shut up. No, right. this is not happening in 27, 27. And I'm sitting there sweating bullets. Yes. I got a friend who's a big Buccaneers fan. And I've been trying to call him this whole time. And I can't get him to answer. Finally, oh, man. he calls me and he's like, oh, what's up? Because I told him I was going for the Rams. I used to live in St. Louis. So, oh, okay. So it was like a, like a, I had a little bit of nepotism towards the Rams, like a little bit of an affection due to a past. I only lived there for like, well, let's see. It's not really important. But either way, I was going for the Rams. And exactly. the Bucks kicked or crapped the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. I just I don't think Tom Brady's going to go out without a Super Bowl. I think he's going to give it at least one more year. But I, he might he might be gearing up for a little you know last dance like Michael Jordan. You know he's the goat. Wants to be remembered that way. Might have an all access video crew. You know what better way than go out with a ring? Make I it number eight. Tell you what, I would watch that documentary. Oh, absolutely. A times over. And then moving on to probably one of our most loved segments. <laughs> it's my favorite. Obligatory Cowboys talk. Unfortunately. There wasn't anything to talk about from this week because <laughs> the Cowboys lose. But that does not matter because we get talked about the time, what they did do when they lost. Jay, your time starts now. All right. Defensively, Dallas held true, really. I think they did. Uh, yeah, you let Jimmy Garoppolo make a few throws down the stretch. All right, that's bound to happen. They, the final 49ers are a good team. But let's talk about their offense. How do you have C.D. Lamb only have one target the whole game? That was that my biggest is, takeaway. That is, <laughs> that is insane. Ezekiel Elliott. Dude, Tony Pollard might be 31 rushing yards. Yeah, Tony Pollard might be better than Ezekiel Elliott. Is he worth the contract that he has now? 
with Tony no. Pollard. Right. That's 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 huge. Dak Prescott, were you worth the big contract you were asking for? 23 for 43, 254 yards, one interception, one touchdown, five sacks. You got to play better. You got to play better. Decent games, but when you're asking for that much money and you want to be viewed as that guy, you got to play stronger. Right, and it's like they gave eight targets to Dalton Schultz, 10 to Amari Cooper, 10 to Cedric Wilson. Uh, What are y'all doing? But that's all the time we have. Uh, timer just came up. It did not sound very loud. We were experimenting with the new one, but that's all we did talk about for the Cowboys because they did not deserve anything more than one really, minute after that really, very poor performance. Really, you guys are lucky we even decided to throw you on our show. Yeah, we almost forgot about you because y'all didn't play. Right. And then moving on to our player of the week, there were two quarterbacks that were in contention for this. One of them won. One of them lost. But that does not matter because in the end, Josh Allen played like the superstar that he is and a superstar he needed to be. His defense just let him down. And he also lost coin toss, which sucks, but oh well. He had a crap ton. And I mean a crap ton of stats that I it's four touchdowns, three hundred and whatever yards. Oh shoot, I just lost it. But I mean, just take it away, you know. Why does he deserve it? Um, well, I mean, oh, a lot of people are going to argue with us because it's like, what? Patrick Mahomes won. But it's like, dude, he shouldn't have won. No. And we do have one little thing that we can argue. Josh Allen had one more touchdown than Mahomes. So it's like he gets it just from the touchdown thing. Now Mahomes did grow a big, big pair <laughs> and drive down with 13 seconds left like we've been talking about since earlier. But – Dude, Josh Allen, he he did he did everything that Kansas City expected him to do, that Buffalo wants him to do. Buffalo is in good hands for the next 5 to 10 to 15 years. And it's really funny, too, because Patrick Mahomes actually had one more rushing yard and one more rushing touchdown oh, okay. than Josh Allen. So, but the amount of times that Josh Allen let a potential game-winning drive, it's like the Bills' defense was gassed. That final drive, I mean, it's like you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey. No one's defending that, especially when you need. Especially when you're just going. Yeah, you just need. You know, you need 75 yards to win a football game. No one is stopping either team. You know, so the Chiefs tried to propose it a while back, changed the rule, didn't happen. But hey, everything comes full circle. So maybe you guys will beat. You know, who's another? uh, Maybe y'all will beat the Cincinnati Bengals to win. Just because that just seems to be the cycle that we're going on right now, Mm -hmm. but. I mean, Josh Allen was sensational. Yeah. He had, I think he had 17, no, not 17, excuse me. He had seven or eight touchdowns in the two playoff games they had. Oh, passing-wise? Yeah. He had nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns, yes. He had five last week. Yeah. No picks at all. He had, like, yeah, 10 incompletions in a game, 27 for 37, 73%. QB rating was 136. (laughs) Mahomes was 123, so a little bit better efficiently. But, I mean, he just – what he did with his legs on those designed runs when they needed to get a few yards was really nice. I wish they wouldn't have tried to be as cute on some of the play calls as they did, but, I mean, the Chiefs did the same thing. You know, Wichita zone, belldozer, the tight end that lined up under center and ran an option play. Not sure what they were thinking <laughs> with that one, but, you know, hey, you got to try it, I guess. Just don't run it again. But, yes, Josh Allen played well. Patrick Mahomes played well. Josh Allen just seemed to play a little bit better. 
And he also did it with Stephon Diggs only having seven reception yards. So that's another thing we took into account. And then finally, our conference championship picks. We haven't picked a game since week 11, I believe. Man. I don't even know what our records are, but it doesn't matter to this season two. So it's a whole new slate. Whole new ball. I was like barely over 500. (laughs) Yep. First off, we have the AFC championship playing for the Hunt Trophy. I believe is what it's called, Twark Hunt. I think so, yeah. The Bengals. The underdogs. The kids with all the confidence in the world travel to Arrowhead and play the Kansas City Chiefs, who are favored by seven and a half after just losing to them a few weeks ago. Your pit, Jay. Man. I want to pick Kansas City just because I need a story to write for our newspaper this week. <laughs> but I actually really think the Bengals are going to take this one. They're on fire. All right. They are on fire. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I don't think they'll cover, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, Joe Burrow said that the NFL stadiums aren't as loud as the SEC ones. The Bengals were practicing in their very own stadium because they do not have an indoor practice facility that they can simulate noise in because they do not pay the money to upgrade and invest in their team. Oh, they will soon. But that's not important right now because the Bengals have been practicing with the crowd noise all week. But, I mean, I think the Bills probably were too, right? And you, you saw multiple times the noise affected Josh Allen and the center and their communication and the O-line's communication. So let's, you know, when you're when one side of the ball has the ball and the crowd is going crazy and the other side has the ball and the crowd is completely quiet, that is a massive advantage. And for that reason, I'm going with the Chiefs. I don't think they cover, but I think they win. That's fair. And then we have the other underdog, the team nobody wanted to play just because of how they run their offense and control the ball. A team that's dangerous when they're hot. A team that might have a new quarterback next year. The San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they're for sure having a new quarterback next year. They travel all the way across the state, <laughs> all the way across the bridge, <laughs> all the way over to a brand new stadium that is also hosting a Super Bowl in two weeks. The Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they've lost to the 49ers six straight times. I'm going to go with the Rams, though, baby. Man. Let's go Stafford. Let's go Stafford, baby. It's Stafford all the way around the Stafford train. Right. As former NFC North alum, we got to ride true. I've seen Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl. I don't want another dude that plays exactly like Joe Flacco winning a Super Bowl. Let's hammer the Rams, baby. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up yes, for sir. season two, episode one. We are back. This is the Hutchinson Underground Radio. My name is Tron Shields. I'm Jay Jones. Thank you all for tuning in. And see you next time. <laughs>